What's up? I usually say, what's up, flooring family? I'm going to say, what's up, skilled professionals out there? Uh, welcome to the huddle. We're here every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Central, where typically Daniel, Jose, and myself discuss maintaining forward progress in your flooring career. So we're in our last, the last part of a, of a kind of a three-part series, although it's kind of uh, listed as two. Uh, in estimating and bidding. We've pretty much went over everything, but to round it out, we're going to talk about certified payroll projects or the Davis-Bacon Act and um, how you as an installer, as a subcontract installer uh, in particular, uh, should, you know, some of the things you should know uh, when, when looking at these types of projects and the paperwork and the requirements that are are there. So Daniel, we were chatting offline. You guys, how do you guys approach your certified payroll projects or David's bacon projects? Or do you avoid them all the, all the way around? We have typically avoided them altogether because uh, over here in our area, we're the only ones. And this is where we kind of had that little conversation, right? Where like, we're the only ones around the area that actually pay our employees on a W-2 and uh, around here, it's a lot of the other guys, from what I've gathered over the years, seem to think that it's okay to not pay themselves those rates since they are the owners. So there will be like a chain of a sub of a sub of a sub, like everyone on that project is typically their own business or there's just one guy on there. And then I don't know how they get away with it, but no one... So they all claim really. sub of a sub and, and right either that or they, they have a team there and it's just nothing is kept track of how it should, which is crazy because, you know, based on the conversation that I've had with some of these contractors, everything is like super documented. So I have no idea how they do it or what they do, but um, on some of the projects when my brother and I were working by ourselves, that's kind of how we did it. Um, And the companies that, we were doing the work for that's what they told us so they it was pretty much you don't have to pay yourselves the rates just fill this out and let us know you know the how much you were paying yourself so that way we can turn it in and that, that's what we were doing but that was just you know us by ourselves so i haven't I, that's something that we really haven't touched and we've seen you know with the freedom of information act some of the rates that these uh, companies are going in at, at for prevailing wages, it's like they're going in at under normal rates. And how do you even pay these guys? Well, first higher, off, I mean, higher rates like that. The the so let's talk about a couple of things. A is um, when you're looking at a certified payroll job you got to get the wage determination sheet first that wage determination sheet varies so greatly between counties and jurisdictions um give you an example we got a, a large certified payroll project going on up at fort riley and i think the tile on there pays um the the wage is 58 something 5862 i believe somewhere around there 
So, you know, if you're if you're looking at a project and you do and you can install a hundred square foot with you by yourself in a day, and you're and you you have to and and you're gonna cost, you know, let's call it fifty dollars an hour. Well, the easy math, that's you know, on a eight hour day, let's call it real close to five hundred bucks. And your tile price per square foot is going to have to be north of $5 a foot if your average output's 100 square feet for you to make any any profit outside of paying for yourself. And that's not even having a helper uh, or or an apprentice. So, you know, you got to look at these things and uh, especially if you're being offered to do a certified payroll job by the square foot and then you're going to fill out the u.s department of labor form which is the certified payroll form so that's how we do it mainly is we'll have the sub whoever owns that that subcontracting company um you know they're going to fill out their own certified payroll forms for each person that they paid and all the proof of payment you've seen those forms before haven't you jose or i meant daniel yeah, Jose was actually just right here. He said that he's going to be signing in in a second. So just keep a lookout for him. I was putting it in the chat, but mm -hmm. yeah, we, we filled them out before and they do. Well, they want you, Let me see if I can share. Um, Ashton, if you're there, let me share. Let's see if I can share my screen. Um. think you just got to go up and to participants and make me a host. And and what you're talking about too, you know, that goes beyond just the certified payroll stuff. It's you can get all your rates if you break it down that way to make sure that you're going to be profitable. It's <laughs> yeah i'd be looking I, I that's a great point daniel is like consider that on all your jobs but particularly when you're talking about and the reason i say the wage termination is so important is because the the fact is in some areas the tile lay for example a tile journeyman tile installer is 29 dollars and in some areas, it's 60 bucks. I mean, it varies that much. Yeah, I think over here for the tile guys, it's, I think, around 56. And then yeah. and then you always have to look at where are, as a, you know, carpet or resilient guy, where do you fit in? Because you're going to have to go based on something else because we're not in there. Yeah, most times we're not in there. Every once in a while, you'll find floor layer on the wage determination. Otherwise you get lumped in with the painters or something like or that. Or the carpenters or something. Cause I think over here we're ran with the carpenters. So you gotta, you gotta be careful how you're classifying yourself. Yeah. And you gotta make sure you're classifying correctly too. Here's a, a, a little tip. If you're going to do a certified payroll job, if your helper or your, your apprentice is installing tile, and the Corps of Engineers puts in their daily report that this guy's a tile installer 
and then you turn in your certified payroll and I'll show you what that looks like real quick, what a report looks like for our audience. This is, can you see my screen okay? Yeah, I can see it, yeah. Yeah, so this is, you know, you got your work classification right here and your hours worked standard and overtime each day and then the rate of pay and then the gross earned and then all your tax stuff and total deductions. So this isn't, if if your Corps of Engineer guy labels your apprentice as a tile setter, which is typically what they're classified as, the or what the classific, uh, classification is called within the certified payroll wage determination, uh, and not a tile finisher, which is typically, you know, $15 less or so. Uh, if they see him setting tile and they report him as a tile setter for those hours, they're going to call your blood. I mean, they're going to make you redo your certified payroll and pay him the difference. That has actually happened to us where we had a really good apprentice that was setting tile alongside the journeyman installers and they classified him as a tile setter and we had to go back and pay him tile setter wages for those hours that he was actually installing. Another piece of info is this is a daily work classification uh, or a weekly, you know, you, the I guess what I'm saying is this is a weekly work classification. So you could get tied into that rate of pay for a whole week. So the key here is this form is not incredibly complicated to fill out, but you can see it breaks everything down. So you got to be, the sub has to be paying their employees as employees and keeping out the FICA taxes and the withholding tax and any other deductions. And then, you know, you've got to have, they've got to be able to track and provide um, proof of all this as well. So that when you get over here, you know, you got your final, amounts so anyway i thought it'd be helpful just to see what a certified form looks like for those of you who have not so typically we're going to have our our sub fill that out uh now if we're having our in-house guys do it then our employee w2 employee installers then we're going to have our office manager will fill this out um, based off of their mobile uh time sheets yeah so, I think this is, you know, some some good information for the guys because a lot of them, you know, when you really look at the big picture, they don't even keep track of everything in like QuickBooks or anything. A lot, a lot of the guys that I, you know, know personally that around the area, they're box of receipts and, you know, just putting it in a folder and giving it to uh, an accountant at the end of the year, which at least they have an accountant. I'll give them that. Yeah. Yeah, at least they've they've taken some steps there. And there's software out there, like you said, QuickBooks. GoCareer does a lot of this, um, you know, a fair amount of the work. We're going to be even adding some more features for installers to have more financial tools at their disposal, um, receipt capturing and that kind of thing, where you can keep a loose set of books if you don't have a full accounting system like uh, QuickBooks. But so I guess the biggest um, piece to all this that I wanted to make sure I conveyed to anybody looking at a certified payroll job is to consider 
the the paperwork when you're you know going to look at doing a job you're going to have to report and a sub of a sub of a sub of a sub the problem is then you're stuck in with your your gc typically has insurance requirements and not everybody's going to have you know for a big project say a five million dollar umbrella or something hell we have a i think an eight million dollar umbrella so you got these big requirements for for jobs that i mean a lot of subs aren't going to pay four or five or ten thousand dollars for a year of of liability insurance right for especially for one project and the other thing is don't get bullied into doing these projects from some of these contractors because uh we've been in the situation before to where they have us start on one of these projects and then it isn't until we turn in a bill and then they're like well where's your certified payroll and you know luckily it was just my brother and i at, at this point but it's like what what are you talking about like this should have been communicated way in advance so just if you think that it's one of those projects if it's on a government installation whether it's a fort or an air force base you're about a 95 percent, maybe even 100 i don't know that i've ever done a job on on a, a government installation we've done the fbi headquarters we've done tons of work at our air force base and the va um you know, most of those jobs are going to be certified payroll. So before you bid a job, ask for the wage determination sheet, which is, that's my point. Find right, out so what you're going to have to pay the people that are working for you on that job and find out, how, you know, and I showed you the the Department of Labor um, form. There's actually a second sheet to that. You can just Google it and it'll come up for you. But the the key here is to know what you're getting into and then consider security it's going to take like when we're going on to an air force base a lot of times it takes half hour just for the guys to get through the gate and so make sure you're thinking through the inefficiencies that the government brings to the table i hate to say that don't shoot me mr government but fact <laughs> is is that there's a they're, they they bring in efficiencies and red tape that when they come on to the when they're part of the job site, um, your production will go down. I promise you that. And if you're not used to working on government jobs, um, depending on the Corps of Engineers and if they're involved or not, um, I can tell you that one of the things is inspections do happen on these jobs. I, I honestly kind of wish this happened on all projects, but uh, where we could call in for inspection uh, and that we had to do get that written off as part of our our processes in flooring. It would add a level of uh, professionalism that the GCs wouldn't be able to push you around. You know, you're you're getting you're getting your inspections. But for example, we just did a set of really big bathrooms and it had to be waterproofed everywhere. And the prep had to be inspected prior to waterproofing. So we had block walls, we had to grind down and get smooth and level. And so that had to be inspected prior to waterproofing. Once the Corps of Engineers signed off on that, then we could start our waterproofing. When that's done, it got flood tested and inspected. And then when that was done, we could finally start installing. And it took 48 hours on both cases to get those inspections scheduled and in. 
So we lost two days worth of work while we were waiting for one of the core people to come in and, and inspect. So I don't want to scare people off. I'm just trying to give you the reality of what the, these jobs require. So, you know, just take that all into account when you're looking at doing a project like that for, a, you know, one of the large flooring companies, or even if you're considering doing it direct with the GC and you got a good relationship and you're going to do a job direct with the GC, that's fine too. Just make sure that you, you know, have the wage determination, realize that Davis-Bacon and certified payroll go hand in hand. So those two terms are, there are other certified payroll jobs that are not Davis-Bacon, but all Davis-Bacon jobs are certified payroll. Right. Yep. And um, with some of these GCs, I've talked to some women, you know, they have an entire, you know, department really i don't know a few people but they're well, like accounting team if, if you need if you have any questions on this you can come in and we will pretty much go break it down for you so that way we know that you know you you're turning in something that we're going to be able to use because if you turn if you're not keeping track of it they can also get in trouble yeah that's a good point um <clears throat> The fact is, is it's in their best interest for your certified payroll to be accurate and come through. So most of them will work with you because, you know, it holds up their payment. Like one small sub can hold up a multi-million dollar payment just because their certified payroll isn't in or correct or done or whatever. So, you know, there, it just, there's more pressure obviously at that point. So Make sure you're informed. That's what I'm trying to get out here. Make sure you're informed about the processes and what is needed. Um, I'm I'm hoping that we're conveying the uh, pertinent details, but you're going to have to continue on with whoever you're working for, whether it's the GC or the flooring company to get, like we help our subs get our the certified payroll done because we have to have it done, which the GC has to have it done. So everybody's in this together. Uh, that is probably the one benefit of it. Um, but outside of that, I would say, you know, consider, again, your wage determination and what the per square foot for labor is and, and make sure that makes sense, you know, to your daily production time and how much work you think you can get done in a day. Um, if you're an employee installer working for a flooring company, you know, we give our guys some goals to hit and things like that. Um, Cause obviously everybody has to stay profitable. We got to keep the lights on and people fed and, and you got to make profit for that. So, um, you know, I think outside of that, the other thing to consider that I brought up and I think is really important. You just don't think about it is the lost time. I mean, an hour a day is not excessive to figure in dead time on a project right. like that. And it's and it's not even with uh, some of these certified payroll stuff. We were working at uh, one of the factories over here. They do baby formula. And every, like, couldn't have any stickers on anything. No stickers on hard hats. So it's like, dang, every other job, we got to put a sticker on there for safety. So go buy some new hard hats. Then you go in there, up, oh, this has uh, some wood on it. You can't bring that in there. And then every tool that is in your toolbox, you have to take out and wipe down before you bring it in the job site. Yeah, that's, yeah. It, I mean, that 
it's worth noting that this is really about investigating what you're doing, like understanding what you're doing. Um, because to your point, we did a, we did a MRI room where they were, they could, they weren't shutting the machine down and we had to use ceramic <laughs> knives with ceramic <laughs> blades. We found a ceramic hand roller. We had to hand roll the whole thing. Uh, that's all made out of ceramic. The entire piece is made out of ceramic. Um, so yeah, there's other crazy, uh, job application, uh, things out there, project requirements out there. But um, yeah, knowing the project is what it comes down to, or at least knowing the requirements. And that's really what this is is pointing to is like, make sure you're, you're informed on a certified payroll job, know where you're at and how you have to report and what you're going to get paid. Um, I think the best way to do it from if, you know, for even a sub, pay yourself a weekly amount of, you know, whatever the wage determination is above and beyond. Yep. And then um, pay, pay all your people and the difference is yours, right? I mean, that's how it works. So keeping, keeping, um, you know, I, I don't see how a sub of a sub of a sub works in this scenario. And um I'm sure some guys have figured out how to make it work, but that's, it's just so messy. I can't imagine a GC being real happy about getting three, four different certified payrolls from one company to do a job. But um, yeah, that's kind of my spill today. It was just really based around certified payroll and just the one piece that we didn't get to in the previous discussions that I think there's so much government work going on. Uh, it's one of the strongest sectors right now. I'm not saying it's going to continue, but I'm just saying right now there's, I don't know how it is up in your area, but across the nation from a an overall standpoint, it seems to be very strong. But I, does, I've talked to some strong. people at some of the meetings like um through the, the city and the chamber and this, um a couple of the people in there said, I only do government jobs. That's like they started out as private. And then once they got into the government jobs, they're like, that's all I do. And all my referrals come from strictly government jobs. And it's like, that's crazy. Well, if you get somebody who specializes in the paperwork and it's really good, I mean, the, the, my wife does it for us at Stewart and associates and she's, she's a machine, you know? Um, if you're really good at it, there's a good opportunity because not uh, there's a lot of people that just say, forget it. I'm walking. I don't want to mess with it. And so you can have some good margins on those jobs and um, and still, you know, employees like it, like our guys love when they're getting paid, you know, another 10 bucks an hour or something to do some work. Um, as long as you're efficient and you know what you're doing, it's not a bad business. It's just you got to know um, and be aware. And if you are, then and you and you're willing to jump in like those people and and just stick with it. Um, you know, if you if you can make a few more points and you don't have to get beat. I mean, it's certainly on a job. If you have a stand, if you have a school job on a Air Force or on a say on a fort, you know, an Army base. Uh, or that services the army base, 
and then you have a school job elsewhere, you're going to have a lot more competition elsewhere. I guarantee you that. So if you can get good at it and you want to get good at it, and you want to invest the time and effort it takes to make sure that you're crossing your T's and dotting your I's, then go for it because you can make a little bit of extra money. Which yeah, I- that, that's what she said. She said that she got into it not really knowing what what it entailed. And then as soon as she got that that first project and then um she got some, you know, different certifications behind her, like being a woman owned business and stuff like that. And then that just kind of turned into you know, I only want to use you and yeah, we know yeah, what you, you can, can do. Get, if you can get those certifications, like the small business, the minority, the women owned, um, or stack those up, uh, you get you, there's a lot of government jobs that have, you know, 15 to 30% up, yeah. up to 30% of a job, uh, sometimes it, and each one's a little bit different, but as far as the requirements, but say up to 30% of the job has to be performed by minority women, disadvantaged uh, companies, right. as they say. Yeah. If, if you're out there and you haven't looked into any of these certifications, that's definitely something that you should do because, um, you know, even with us for, for a while, it was like, why would we want to get this sort of like minority business certification and stuff like that? And it's like, well, they're there for a reason, right? If we can use it to our advantage, why not? Amen. Amen. If you, if you, if there's a program out there that will benefit your company, do not be too proud to go do that shit. <laughs> Excuse my French. Seriously. Go do it and, and, and mm-hmm. take advantage of, I mean, it's there. Someone's going to use it. You might as well. There's, I don't see. I'm seeing it a lot outside of even the government work to where, you know, these private companies want to hit a certain percentage of, you know, disadvantaged diversity. Yeah. yeah. So it, even if you're not going to go for the government work, it's, it's worth a shot just to see what else they can bring to the table. Yep. Yep. I agree. And, and so you, um, your local chamber help you with that? Yeah, we're we're still in the process right now. So through this through the city of Grand Rapids, we have what they call a micro local business enterprise, which um you're only allowed to be in it for 10 years and you have to be hey, he's there. And you have to be, you know, a certain size. Once you hit a certain dollar amount, you're no longer eligible. So Yeah, it's the same thing with the small uh the small business. Uh, yep. And then the chamber is actually has been um, they rolled out a program to where they're paying to for minorities to get their MBE or WBE, you know, whatever it is. So the MBE is a minority business enterprise. WBE is women. Then they have the disadvantaged. And, you know, there, there's multiple <laughs> things out there. Don't we don't know what you said because you're breaking up. I'm LBE. We, are, I don't know we, how we just talked about that one. I'm but on. yeah, there's a bunch of different. Uh, you got you know service disabled veteran, Indian owned, yeah, uh, and American. The, uh, the crazy uh, thing is right now we're when the the chamber is helping us out, and we're we're trying to get it, but as a Mexican back in the day they wanted to classify and put us put uh white on our birth certificates 
So now I have to go back and they're asking for like my mom's father's information. It's like, I don't know. Like, how do you cut through this red tape with stuff like that? I have no idea. But yeah, I've never done it. So I'm interesting. It's interesting <laughs> to listen to you talk about it. And, and yeah, so uh, so if you look at our birth certificates, it says that we're white. Well, gentlemen, welcome. Well, to we don't speak Spanish. <laughs> we don't speak Spanish. So might as well run with it, I guess. Well, um, so but the process outside of that, has it been your chamber, would you, you know, would you uh, recommend that whoever may be on this call or, or uh, consuming our content here, if they're looking to do a minority status of some sort, would you recommend they go to the chamber and start there? I, I, I think that the chamber in general is a great place to go. I mean, especially if you're doing a lot of commercial work, because you're getting in with all the builders and stuff there and it's just a great place to to meet other people, right? Because we always talk about networking. It's just like that, except for it's not in the industry. It's who else can I work with around my local area? So like mm -hmm. I'll I'll go to, to events. He'll go to events. He'll join some groups in there. They have like CEO roundtables. It's just a great yep. place. And then with the, with the, with the certification stuff like the MBE, they they have their their program to to where they they'll help you out any questions that you have. But it, this one is actually through the the city of Grand Rapids is paying for us to get ours, and they hooked up with um, a different company. So they're they're pretty much just the bridge. They're like, we'll get all the information together set you up with your own person point of contact and then they help you out so, so the answer the, the short answer is yes go yes. to your chamber and yeah, don't go to wanting to to um explore becoming a minority owned business of some sort whether that's women or or uh race or if it's um service disabled veteran or what any of those programs give with your local chamber um, and, and just start there. I think that's probably yeah. the best place to start. It is because we, we met the guy from the city of Grand Rapids at a chamber event. So great awesome. networking. It, well, it, it, is, it is good networking as well. And Hey guys, sorry, I'm so late, but man, I tell you what, switching phone providers, make sure when you're doing your estimate that you calculate some of that, <laughs> man, <laughs> but, um, um, well, we were just talking, we, we just went over certified payroll, Davis Bacon stuff as he, he was on Facebook listening. I was listening on Facebook the whole time. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. All right. Well, that, that's kind of the, the whole crux of this, uh, this episode was just rounding out the last piece of information that, it, that, you know, we've hit bidding and estimating pretty hard a couple of episodes and, just to kind of round it out, if, you know, as you heard while he was on Facebook, just being aware of what you're, what you're bidding and, uh, yes. and, and know how to follow the guidelines because they will hold your money. 100% guarantee certified payroll done and you're the one that's supposed to do it. You will not be paid. So, um, yeah. 
just consider all that. And um, yeah, so, and then we got into a little bit of the, of how you become certified, uh, you know, small business or women owned or minority owned or whatever, just because it was a natural kind of uh, segue Affected. Cause we, also because we like jobs. to go on tangents. Yeah, <laughs> go off on a tangent. But it was here. a good chat. It was a good if one. You, if, if you're going to be, you know, we are talking about certified payroll. So if, if you want an advantage of getting some of that work and you feel like you can do that paperwork that I showed, it's really not that complicated, but it, it can be daunting a little bit. Um, you might as well, if you're a minority or you're a woman, you might as well take advantage of that those programs and then you can get even more government work um and if you're comfortable doing those the certified payrolls and all that stuff like we talked earlier i mean you can make a a, a good living doing that yeah. so even, even if you're not going to be bidding it direct and you have those certifications with you they the company that is going to be using you can actually use that certification too, and it counts towards it. So yeah, so yeah, exactly. That's a great point too, uh, Daniel. Is like if if I'm Stewart and Associates doing a government job with XYZ GC, and I hire preferred to do the labor for me, then I get to the, their status. As long as it's, I can prove this their status counts to the GC's overall percentage status. So me as a flooring company having uh, minority uh, subcontractors that are certified minority subcontractors, I should say, uh, can give you uh, a bit of an advantage. And I'm just an old white guy. So. <laughs> Got to take it when you can, right? That's right. Well, that's about it for this episode, guys. Uh, it actually is shorter, even though every other time I've said that, we we tend to fill up the whole hour. But um, for short for me, sorry again, guys. I'm sorry about the lack of communication. Oh, you're on good. That. He's not. Sorry. I couldn't hang up on him, man. Couldn't hang up on him. Two and a half hours a day. Well, I'll tell you this: if if uh, if you were the only one that missed. You know, I'd pretty much have to shoot myself in the foot if I gave you any great grief over it. So, <laughs> um, hey, there is one thing too that that I want to add to the whole conversation. And you're talking about certified payroll. I do remember when Daniel and I first uh, split off and went on our own. There, we had an opportunity to work with a company um, who all they did was a lot of government work. And I remember the the booklet that they gave me of instructions that that were required to follow was about this thick right here. And if I told you guys that going through that and just kind of skim skimming it a little bit didn't deter me from working with them, I'd be lying. Because once I started reading into it and, and it was a foreign language, I pretty much just said, nope, not for me. And I didn't even entertain it. So don't don't be too afraid to 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 involve yourself into reading the information that that is presented to you, right? Like I didn't take the time to go through it with a fine tooth comb. And I think if I did, I might've approached it a little bit differently and it might've educated me a little bit more. So uh, uh, that kind of goes back to how we are as humans and our mindset stuff. I mean, you're, if it looks really painful, we just don't do it. And, you know, you, you, you end up eventually if you end up getting through one you you kind of are like well that wasn't near as bad as i yeah. thought it was going to be <laughs> um so 
Yeah, like I said earlier, I mean, if you if you can do it and you feel comfortable doing all the, the paperwork, by all means, jump in. Don't let any reluctancy drive you. Just get to know it. I mean, a lot of this is just not just this, but everything we talk about is about being teachable and being willing to learn and change. That's that's 90 percent of what the podcast really talks about. Just how can you improve? Well, you can't improve if you don't take some risks and change a little bit. And that's the same thing here. It's it's an opportunity. Judge it for yourself uh, and, you know, determine the risk factors that we've talked about on this episode. And if you feel comfortable with it, dive feet first. Don't be scared of the book, right? Everything's an opportunity. Everything's an opportunity. You just got to look at it that way. And every opportunity is a learning moment. For sure. Well, speaking of learning moments, I hope everybody got some uh, very specific information. But uh, I hope everybody found some some value in this. If you did, please consider giving us a like, subscribing to our YouTube channel. Uh, if you're watching us on Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn or any of the uh, different, you know, media outlets, uh, you know, consider giving us a thumbs up. So Ed- Eduardo said that, dang, it's this big. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. And then Kevin, uh, Kevin said that he's stopping by in two weeks. Figured he'd give us a heads up this time. <laughs> we'll be nice. ready for you this time, brother. We'll have the box set up for you. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, without, uh, I guess that'll end this podcast here a little bit early, but uh, I appreciate you jumping on late, Jose. Ha, there's my oh, job. So sorry. And uh, <laughs> thanks, Daniel. I appreciate you guys and and um we'll see you guys next week and uh probably chat in between. So all right. Yes, sir. Thanks, Paul. Have a good one. All right. Thanks, guys. See ya. Yeah.